Welcome to the Bonfire. I'm Morgan, aka Bond Diesel, and this is a podcast about video game news, speculation, rumors, and reviews. This week, I'll be covering my Starfield first impressions and its reception so far. Volition shut down by the Embracer Group. More Baldur's Gate 3 updates, and much more. A few things before we get started. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Please subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and comment with your thoughts, questions for next week, or to just say hello. A special thank you to all of my patrons, including producer-level patrons, Hassan and Horseman, supporter-level patrons, PK, The Dawn, Cage Nephilim, and Neuronix, as well as viewer-level patron, Zenra. If you're interested in supporting the podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash bonddiesel. You can do this for as little as $1 per month. Gaming news. This week, I have eight topics. This is probably going to be a little bit shorter of a show. There wasn't a ton of news this week because I honestly think a lot of companies kind of tried to stay out of the way of Starfield. And uh, that's where we're going to start. So Starfield's early access launch and reception. Uh, So something to keep in mind about uh, Starfield's launch is this was like an early access thing. You had to pay uh, for the $100 version of the game. Uh, For Game Pass people, you you could pay the $30 upgrade fee and not the entire cost of the game. And that's uh, that's what I did. And because I have Game Pass Ultimate, that unlocked the game on PC and Xbox for me. And um, I've been playing it quite a bit. I believe I'm around like 15 hours at this point, which, you know, for some people is probably, I'm sure some people have 50 hours in it already. Somehow, um, it's, it's a lot for me. So... Uh, the Metacritic score uh, reviews did drop on uh, the 31st at noon, and the Metacritic score is 87 currently. Um, this it, it's interesting. Um, three scores, I think, have drugged this down a little bit. Um, I, I suspect if those reviews were more in line with others, it would be around 90. Um, PC Gamer. GameSpot and IGN all gave it a 7 out of 10, where most other reviews are falling in the, from what I've seen, the 8.5 to 9 range. Um, and, and there's a lot to talk about here. Um, this, this this game is, um, it's not perfect. Um, in fact, it's uh, a bit underwhelming, honestly, in some aspects, but it, it makes up for it. Um, I'll get into the details of that shortly, at least in my opinion. It does, uh, but I'll get into those details shortly. Um, It did peak at almost 250,000 players on Steam, uh, which the first reaction to that may be like, well, that's not that great. Baldur's Gate 3 just had whatever crazy number it had. Um, But this was for the early access only. So only people who paid for the $100 version. That was also only Steam. Um, like I'm playing this game through the Xbox PC app, uh, because that's how, you know, you can use, uh, game pass and so on. And I, um, you know, it doesn't count Xbox players, which there's a sizable number. There's a lot of people playing on console. Um, and I suspect many of them who went in and bought the, the $30 upgrade fee or, paid the full price for the game so um that that's solid numbers um the thing that people need to realize is that like like fallout 4 actually reviewed really well but even though a lot of people were kind of down on it it still sold hilariously well and it's still played by a lot of people um you know the even I still, and I've talked about it for probably years now, is people don't realize that Bethesda has a an aura, or whatever you want to call it, that they just, people really like their games, even if they complain about them 24-7. 
Okay, so for my initial thoughts uh, on the game, um, this isn't like a full review. Uh, this is more of a preview for me. I, uh, like I said, I'm 10 to 15 hours in. Um, I'm making my way through a bunch of story stuff, uh, but I'm not finished. I haven't, you know, rolled credits yet. Um, and and I and I've actually been mostly playing side mission stuff, uh, but but we'll get into that. So. The first thing is performance. Um, I'm I've been playing on my PC. Um, I just upgraded that a little bit. I have a uh, a 5800x uh, CPU. I have a 4070 Ti uh, GPU, and uh, I have 30, 32 gigs of RAM. And um, I've been running this game uh, on uh, around 1440p. It's the, the one thing I'll include in this performance section is their, their PC uh, options uh, menu is not very good. It, it doesn't, it doesn't give you direct control over much stuff. Um, like for like resolution, it automatically picked the resolution of my monitor, which is 4k, but then it does have a, a way where you can downscale the resolution. So I think I'm playing the game around 1440p, which is my sweet spot. Uh, my computer is running it really, really well. There's been a lot of people talking about, you know, having performance issues with this game. I haven't noticed it. I also have a, like, a, like a really solid mid-tier PC. So if people are running on any kind of dated hardware or, or maybe just weird configurations that the game doesn't handle well, um, it sounds like there are people having issues. Uh, I have to, you know, report what I know and what I've seen, and it's run extremely well for me. And um, I have not had so far in 10 to 15 hours a single bug where I had to like restart the game or like reload a save. So as much as I've seen people want to talk about, you know, oh, it's janky, it's blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen it. It's actually extremely solid and one of the more solid PC games I think uh, we've seen this year, at least from my experience. But performance is pretty good on my side. I haven't noticed any issues. Um, now that rolls into the next subject with graphics, which is just such a conundrum with this game. The, the graphical fidelity of this game is just so odd, and I'm going to include player animations in this. Um, because on one hand, uh, there was actually a Reddit post about this uh, in the last few hours or last day or so where you have some like objects in the world. Like this post was about the onions where you have these onions in the game world that are just a loose object in the game that look real, like, like photorealistic look. Just, they just look real. They just look real. They look like real onions. And then you have like textures on some of the worlds and, and th there's a mission I was on where I know this, that the textures in the whole place were just not very good. Um, or just really low resolution. And this was a, um, it, it was part of a loyalty mission for one of the crew members, um, AKA it, it's like one of the worlds that is handcrafted at least to a point. And it just looked kind of bad. And, in, in the same, it's a similar story with animations and stuff, especially facial animations during conversations. You know, there's moments and there's some of, you know, obviously the main, main characters all look okay. Um, they still have that Bethesda look where, you know, their eyes are a little dead. Um, at least the main characters do have fairly expressive faces and they, and they kind of move around and look around and, you know, they, they have a, I've seen a lot of criticism of the the uh, the animations and stuff that I don't think is completely founded. I, I think it's better than people are giving it credit for some people, um, but it, it is not up to the standard of a cyberpunk of, you know, a Baldur's Gate three of any of the big triple A single player games. And to a point, it's understandable because of the, the, the size of this engine of, of this game but it's probably more of a blame on the engine. This is still the creation engine. It is upgraded and you can tell it is, but it also is still this really old engine that has never done this stuff very well. 
and it seems like they've improved it um it's still behind the curve but it's such a tale of two stories like like the the walking animations and stuff and the way that um your npcs and 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 uh your your followers uh behave and stuff is like it's like stiff and robotic and stuff like that but then every now and then you'll see this glimmer of like oh that looked really good it's just it's very confusing and then like graphically it's interesting too because there are examples of like low quality textures and stuff like that the the trees in this game the vegetation looks fine the trees in this game are awful they're they look so bad um in in the main city in the game there's this part of that city that has this tree that they you know they even talk about it in the game they're like oh this tree's been around since before we settled here it's this like monument to our you know coming to this planet they talk about what happened to earth they talk about why people are out all over the galaxy and, you know I, i'm not gonna do any spoilers here but this tree, I mean, it's huge. It's this gigantic. It reminds me almost of like the tree in like the Avatar movie. Um, this like tree of life, you know. The problem is, is none of the vegetation moves in the game. Um, I don't even believe the grass or bushes or whatever do either. And so you have this, this tree that doesn't look great, even if it did move. But you have this tree and it just it looks like a statue it looks like this big kind of ugly statue and when you have games who have come out recently and, and even fairly old games who have you know this is one of those things this the vegetation not moving is not going to make this game technically worse but it is one of those little immersion things where um, it's one of those things where you can tell that while they upgraded many parts of this engine and much of it does look pretty good, uh, you know, you have these holdover issues where they just look kind of bad. Um, and it's just, it's very confusing. Um, it makes it really hard to judge it because graphics matter so little at the end of the day a, a game with mediocre graphics and great gameplay and story is going to be looked at really well by most people where a game with amazing amazing graphics and terrible story and um and and, and such uh and characters and so on uh will be forgotten uh there's so many examples of that of games like that and so at the end of the day i don't want to harp too much on the whole idea of you know the the parts of this game that you know visually are very dated and 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 don't hold up um the the story really for me is the side of it where like some of the stuff looks so good um and i'll get into it more at some point but it really shows that you know i, I think when you have a game in development for this long this is kind of inevitable you, you have some of the stuff they did early. They did, you know, six, seven, maybe eight years ago in the game and, and things they put in. And then over the years, they, they added more and did more and upgraded the engine and all of that. So, you know, the things that were added more recently are probably these things I'm noticing that do look very good and very modern and such. Uh, but then you have some of those holdover elements that... They just didn't have time to get back to it and bring it up to speed or or maybe they're just happy with it and they just moved on or whatever. Um, but you can definitely tell this game is just so confusing because literally within a minute you can see something that visually is very impressive and very nice. And then you can see something that looks like it's from like Fallout 4. It's just it's weird. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very odd. Um, mechanics and and kind of like the the gameplay side of things is is awesome um combat has always been something that i wanted uh the fallout games to do well uh fallout 3 is not good the combat's terrible that's why they literally have a system that stops time and lets you target parts of your enemies in a pseudo turn-based way um Fallout 4 improved it a little bit, but it was still pretty rough and, and not amazing. Uh, and, and, and this Starfield is just, it's really fun. Um, the gunplay is very good. They obviously invested a ton of time in making the combat uh, fun to play. 
um, partially because as far as I have seen, there is no VATS system or pseudo turn-based way of playing this game. And maybe it's an unlock or something I'm not at yet. I have no idea, but it's, it's great. It feels great to play. Um, the movement, it, it's, it's a little floaty and stuff, it, especially when you're not in combat. The running around the cities and stuff like that feels it feels like a bethesda game but there is just something the the um the gunplay especially feels great uh, to actually play um the, the i would say the ship flying would be part of this um i i like it i think it's fun um the the way that they have they have the system where um you you only have so much power in your ship which you can upgrade uh, and I have pretty extensively at this point. Um, and, but, but you have demands from your laser guns, which take down shields from your cannons, which do actual like real damage or missiles as well. Uh, but you also have your engines and your shields and then your grav drive, which is what sends you on long distances. And so at any given time you're using uh, the system to adjust the power levels uh, of all those things. And so if you're in combat, you want shields, engine power, and at least two of your weapons. Uh, but if you're just putting around, you, you can put everything into your engine and your grav drive. And, you know, maybe you can, maybe your shields a little bit, but you can have your weapons powered down. And so that, that system is cool. I'm not going to go out and be like the space combat's the best thing I've ever played in my entire life. Like it, it's just, it's, it's solid. I like it. Um, I, and I like the way that you interact with the world in the ships, um, where you like, you approach space stations and you can just board them without saying anything or other ships, or you can hail them and try to have a conversation so you can make your intentions known or try to threaten, uh, you know, you can do, you know, and I haven't gotten into this, so I won't talk much about it, but I've seen people give like extensive explanations of how they were a space pirate and how they were going around and doing things uh, and stealing cargo and smuggling that and then selling it and making tons of money. And, you know, those are all things that aren't part of the actual game. Those are things that someone just decided to start doing. And that's very much the beauty of the mechanical and gameplay side of these Bethesda games and especially Starfield. Um, story. So um, the story is, is really interesting, um, mostly because the baseline story is fascinating. And I hit a part of that story already that like the whole scene just made me like, just, I was just like in awe. It was really, really cool. But the funny thing is, is that I've done tons of, basically there's the main storyline. There's side missions that are extensive, like, and I'll talk about that in a moment. And then there's like activities. So it, those are your like really basic, like talk to this person. Oh, someone stole this painting from me. Go get it back for me, bring it back. And they give you some money. And there's always a little twist to it, which I do enjoy. But for the most part, those activities are fairly simple. The side missions are like one of them is I joined a group that is like the the borders, the, you know, the borders of this of this organization. Uh, you're, you're kind of their like uh, volunteer uh, corpse uh, you, you go out and make sure settlements are OK and blah, blah, blah. I've hit a storyline in that that for 90 percent of games would be its main story. And this is a side thing. This isn't the main story. It's separate, even though probably I suspect will be related eventually. Um, and this is just for this one faction I've gotten into. And there's a ton of factions. And so I have to imagine that at least maybe not to the same extent, but to a large extent, these other factions have the like similarly sized stories. And like I said, this the storyline I'm going down, which um, has to do with bioweapons and a war that happened relatively recently in this world and some things you're discovering on planets from people who used to work in those weapons programs I, again i don't want to spoil anything but just getting into it it's it's a storyline that could have easily been the main storyline of this entire game and instead it's completely optional there was an absolute possibility i never stumbled upon uh, this storyline at all and it is that is very cool. 
Um, it's I'm, I'm really excited. I, I'm going to obviously talk about this more when I finish the game eventually, um, you know, for with the main story, but then also the side stories I discovered and ones that I've missed uh, as well as the activities. But long story short, the, the stories really impressed me so far. Um, some of the things have been a little tedious, but but nothing that wasn't made up for so far. And then finally, I'll, I'll kind of talk about characters. Um, this is not animations and stuff. I already covered that, but uh, the characters are great. And, and this is one that seems like it is kind of uh, controversial or very subjective. Um, I think the voice acting is excellent, at least of all the main people I've mostly been interacting with. I think the voice acting is really good, even if some of the facial animations don't match up, you know, aren't as good, you know, to, to respect those performances. Um, but I think like the main crew of characters you're dealing with are really good. A lot of the kind of minor, you know, or the like the side characters are per seem pretty fleshed out and have some really, you know, unique and interesting things to say at times. Uh, and then even the complete strangers you run into, for the most part, are like fairly well voice acted, have, you know, somewhat unique things they can say. Um, but I just, um, you know, I. I, I've seen some kind of division about this and people kind of writing it off. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, just uh, crappy Bethesda writing and characters. And I disagree. I think it's perfectly adequate. I think it's, uh, it's probably not the most complimentary word they could they could ask for, but I think it's totally fine. I think the characters are great, um, compelling. Uh, I'll talk about romance here in a second. Um, I I don't get it. Some the the I could see people being like, unfazed by the quality of it but seeing people be like outward like straight up like hostile towards like the characters and the writing i i think is weird i think it's great but maybe my standards are low i have no idea uh for romance i have uh, progressed pretty far uh in a romance with one of the characters there's only four that you can uh, go down that path with but um it's been interesting. I, I never really tried to romance people in like Fallout 4 and stuff. That system is there, but it's very unsatisfying, at least uh, from the experiences I had with it, um, especially after playing Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Mass Effect, and so on. Um, but it, it's pretty good. It's What I like the most about it is that assuming that's your goal and, and you work with one you have one companion at all time and they're the person you're trying to romance uh and you do the flirty conversation prompts and stuff like that the the romance progresses really quickly to the point where you know they, they they're kind of initially interested and then there is a point which i just hit with uh the character i'm romancing where the, it was like confirmed they're like yep i feel the same way about you uh this is really great we're in love awesome but then from some, I was looking into, because I wanted to be able to talk about this a, a little bit extensively. Um, apparently there is uh, like, like friendship, relationship, um, uh, commitment, like a commitment level you hit, which I haven't hit yet, which, and it's like very, it's talked about. Um, and then you can apparently get married to these characters. And yes, there is sex in Starfield, but it's all off screen. Uh, if, if you go uh, to sleep in a bed and you're uh, you're in a relationship with the character, but, you know, not just friends with them, um, they will wake up next to you. And, and um, this was talked about before the game came out during one of the I think the Australian ratings board uh, report where I, I had an instance last night where my character went to sleep to recover stats and stuff. And when he woke up, uh, the, the character I'm romancing was in bed and goes, oh, that was great. We should try that in space sometimes. So th there's insinuation of romance, but you don't actually ever see. Uh, there's no banging. This ain't Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, there's no visceral scenes. Maybe that will be fixed by modders. I'll pass. Um, again, I think the graphics aren't too bad and stuff and the animations. I don't want to see these characters going at it. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> so uh, we'll leave that. But what I will say is that the dialogue and the writing of the romance, at least with the character I've romanced, I thought it was extremely good. I, I thought it was very, very good. Uh, her loyalty mission was, um, and apparently there's multiple of those for the characters you can romance. Um, the, the loyalty mission or, or the companion mission, whatever you want to call it, was like really great. And what was so good about it is what you went and did 
Um, it was uh, to relieve, you know, the, the 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 guilt of this character of something that happened in their past. And it wasn't like at some point the character just goes, oh, I really hate this thing I did. We should go fix it. And you go do it. Um, there's multiple conversations that introduce the, 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 a very vague version of what happened to this person, but they don't want to talk about it. And then the next time they talk about it, they divulge a little bit more, but they still are kind of like, but that's part of my past. I don't want to talk about that anymore. And, and so and it was done, I think really organically where then it finally does culminate in, okay, I need to go fix this thing I did. Uh, and then you go and do it. And that's what leads to the relationship being confirmed. And then I believe as things go on uh, for the, you know, the different levels of, uh, of relationship you have with a character, it's, you know, there's more like loyalty type missions. And and, and I think that's a cool system. Obviously it, it's not as uh, visceral and um, as, as well, you know, done as like the, the Baldur's Gate three has set, probably a new standard as much as I hate that concept with that game, but for relationships and it's because they're still like the, the relationships in Baldur's Gate three aren't really that dynamic. They're, they're still fairly set, even though you have a lot of options, but what, it, what it does so well, Baldur's Gate three does reactivity really well. If you interact with someone and say something to them that carries over sometimes the multiple different characters, but that character for sure will react the next time you talk to them or even, you know, 10 times later with that information on board where, um, in Starfield, and this isn't just relationships. Um, uh, it's very Bethesda fallout four ish where, uh, you can talk to a character, uh, and they can be furious with you cause you like stole something from their store and then you gave it back and they were mad at you. You can leave that conversation, jump back into it, and that store clerk will be like, oh, hello, welcome to our store for the first time ever. Uh, and so there's no like permanence with a lot of the things you do. Even like the characters you interact with a lot, you, you can do something they don't like. Like one of the romance, the, the romance partner I have is, is like a goody two shoes kind of. So um, I could do something terrible where I just like murdered an innocent civilian for no reason or took a bribe for something or did something illegal. And they were like, and they pull, you know, they, they, they get your attention and they say like, Hey, I hate that. Don't do that. You can leave that, go right back into it. And they'll be like, Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Like, it's just that kind of stuff. Um, and then another little gripe I have is if you're in a conversation with more than one other NPC, it's weird. Um, and as the game has gone on, I've seen various examples of it, but for the most part, Say you're in a conversation with two different people. You're all in the same room. When they're talking to you, they look at you in the classic Bethesda fallout, whatever way. But when, but sometimes they talk to each other, which is really cool. Uh, occasionally there's even dialogue options you have that allows your companion to speak for you because they have some unique conversation they, they can have in that situation. And, um, the problem is, and maybe this is a little nitpicky, is they still stare at you, even though they're talking to the other person. Now, last night I ran into an NPC where I was in this three-way conversation loop and my companion was staring at me, but was obviously talking to the other person, but the other person was looking at them while they were talking to them and then looked at me when they were with me. So maybe it's a graphical, maybe it's a bug thing, but I'm telling you like, even though the graphics aren't um, like perfect, even though the animations are a little weird, this is one of those really tiny things that if the characters just like looked at each other when they were talking to each other, that would make such a big difference to me um, because it would feel just that little bit more natural, but it's a little nitpicky. Long story short, um, I I've really enjoyed this game. Um, I, I really think the first few hours i was really impressed by a lot of stuff but i did have this kind of weird feeling of like uh man like i don't know if i'm really really feeling this but then once you get through like the intro basically and it opens up and you just have your board of stuff to do whether it's main mission side missions or activities and you start to run into those things uh, organically or not um that's when the game has been and i've really gotten into that and i had a moment where i was just like oh okay yeah I remember this feeling. This is why I liked about Fallout 4 and 3 and you know some of their other games. 
Um, and now I'm having that feeling again. And a bunch of stuff is better than it used to be. Some of it's not. But 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 the things that are better are really cool and noticeable. And um, it's a game that, and, and, I, and I think I've seen a lot of people, even some reviewers, who probably only played the first two, three, maybe five hours. And I could see coming out of that experience being like, eh, this is fine, but I don't, I have no desire to come back. But after you've played for 10, 15 hours, I think most people will be like, oh, okay, I get it. And this is awesome. And I do want to come back. Now, I don't know if we should have to expect people to play a game for 10 to 15 hours before they decide if they like it or not. So if people don't want to do that or are not invested in that, super fair. But I really think that this is the type of game that you need to get into the the actual grit of the game to appreciate it because that's definitely what happened to me and uh you know we'll have to see how that goes um the community reaction is useless to talk about right now because so much the people who like the game are playing it and the people who want to complain about it are complaining about it even if they're people who probably aren't playing game the game they're just stirring stuff up whatever i i don't think we're going to get a true um reaction to this game from the community as a whole for six months i think you know six months from now we'll be able to look at the conversation around the game because like right now if you go to the subreddit or any source of info for this game it's people just complaining about this or that um in in six months it's gonna be hey look at this thing i found wow i really like the way this mission went wait that mission went that way for you it went this way for me that those are the conversations that are going to happen once all of the craziness dies down. And I think that's when you're really going to be able to appreciate this game for what it is. Now, when it comes to reviewers and stuff, you know, the game having an 87 on Metacritic for now, that could still fluctuate a bit. There are some publications that haven't put out reviews yet. Um, it's the, the, what I'll say about it is I think the seven out of tens are weird. I think it's, it's a, it's a better game than that. And like I said before, if you played for the, just the first two or three hours, I think a seven out of 10 would be totally fair. But if you actually play the game, I find it really hard to believe at least where I'm at to give it a seven out of 10. Now this is all subjective. Obviously reviewers can have their own takes. I will say that like the IGN review had an article along with it. I found it pretty unconvincing uh, to deserve the score it gave, but you know, it's not my review, it's theirs. Now, the, the, the caveat is that I think the 7 out of 10 scores are out of line and weird. I think the 10 out of 10 scores are super weird, too. And there is a you know half dozen or more outlets, relatively major outlets, that gave this game a 10 out of 10. Maybe they finished it, and maybe the way that things happen as I get deeper into it will make me be like, oh, man, all of those things, and it's a significant number of things that drag this game down, make it feel dated, things like that. Um, none of those matter because this the good stuff is so good and that's it's possible like from what i've seen so far story-wise and stuff um i know that like in my head i've been fluctuating between like an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 for how i would rate this game and the 8 is taking into account all of the janky all of the old stuff all of the stuff that feels outdated and the ui is pretty bad and the maps are awful um and so those things like kind of take it down a little bit for me but i'm still like really enjoying stuff and and i've hit stuff in the last even just the last few hours of gameplay that are really making me be like man like i know a bunch of that stuff sucks ah but this other stuff is so good um and just to be clear when i think of ratings uh my rating scale is how much i would recommend other people play a game it's not necessarily you know, me taking all of these things into account and putting together the score and putting it out. So like a 10 out of 10 is a game I would say like, you have to play it. And then it goes down from there, right? Like a nine out of 10 is like, you should probably play it. Uh, it's really good. Eight out of 10 is like, it's really solid. You should give it a try. But then you get down to like the sevens and sixes where I'm like, if you like the genre, you should probably try it out. Uh, and then like a six of being like, it's, if you like the genre, it's good enough to check it out. And then you go down from there. And, and that's why for this game, it really is in between the eight and nine, which at the end of the day is inconsequential. Both of those games I would recommend with that, with that score, but it's just, um, it's interesting. It, it's really interesting. 
Uh, I'm excited to see how the conversation on Starfield plays out in the very long run. And I, I'm excited to be part of, of that. Um, I, I plan on putting out some kind of a preview video next year or um, like a first impressions video. And then after I finish the enough of the game that I feel competent to do a review, I'll put out a separate video that's just a review of the game. Okay, let's hit some other stories. This is going to be the faster part of the show. Uh, Volition was shut down by the Embracer Group. So this is the developer of the Saints Row games. Uh, obviously, this most recent Saints Row uh, kind of reboot uh, did not go well. Um, it was a. It seems I never played it, but review wise, um, and from what I've seen of the gameplay, it was just it was an interesting try to reboot the series, and it just fell flat on its face, and it's real bad. Um, that still, in my opinion, doesn't justify shutting down a studio. And that really sucks because now there's a bunch of people looking for jobs um, among all of the other studios that have shut down or done layoffs. Um, the especially scummy part about this uh, situation beyond layoffs in general being scummy is that they announced it at the exact same time or the information became public at the exact same time as the Starfield review embargo uh, that it came up and that in my opinion seems insanely purposeful because they were hoping this story would kind of get buried uh, by the, all the Starfield stories and it kind of did to a point obviously if you're really into gaming news and stuff like that you're in the know then you know you, you you're hearing about it because I'm talking about it right now but um, they definitely tried to kind of take some of the heat off by releasing it at the exact same time as the Starfield reviews. And I find that insanely shady and gross. The Embracer group is this weird group where they bought a bunch of these great studios that have, and they have insanely good IP and almost, almost they have put out a few decent games as a publisher, uh, but most of their games have been terrible and, or they just haven't had any games. They haven't, they literally haven't had any games to publish. Um, and so like they, they are the owners of like the Tomb Raider franchise and stuff like that now. And there's, you know, that's a series I'm excited about continuing. It sounds like from the, the, the reboot trilogy from a few years ago, but who knows? It's hard telling if, if anything will even come out for this, this studio and, and this publisher. So, uh, I understand the criticisms of like xbox and even playstation to a point and you know some of these other uh you know organizations scooping up studios and you know bringing you know the making the the dev landscape smaller even though i think it is growing um but i feel like at least xbox and and, and sony and stuff have done this relatively well and respectfully where embracer group just went nuts and now they're having to pay for like 50,000 employees and they're not putting out any games. And it's just uh, it's a bad look over there. I'm, I'm worried about what is going to happen with all of the Embracer Group Studios. Uh, there is another large Baldur's Gate 3 patch out. Um, it fixed a ton of bugs and um, opened up some new for kind of minor but still significant paths for uh, like one of the characters their ending was pretty unsatisfying to a lot of players and they've uh, I don't know if they quickly made this new content or if it was cut content that they finished but this character now has a more advantageous ending or at least the option to give them a more satisfying ending even though I suspect people still want more um, and there are other characters like Minthara and stuff like that uh, who it seems like they have like a majority of their lines and story have been kind of hidden behind a bug, which they are still working on. Um, what was interesting about the blog that came along with this patch was that um, they kind of made it clear that, hey, you know, all the data miners and all these people who have found this content that is still in the game but got cut, you know, it, maybe we'll finish it one day and put it back in. But some stuff gets cut just because it never it wasn't going to work. Like it wasn't good. And so it may still be in there, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to put it out later. Uh, in a similar vein, but in a different uh, feel, uh, the studio head uh, did put out a tweet basically saying like, oh, I can't wait to bring back the voice actors for, for, for things, uh, which is pretty exciting because that implies 
maybe some pretty significant rewrites or additions of story stuff. Uh, it could even mean like a DLC or, you know, it could mean anything, but uh, you don't bring in voice act. You don't bring back voice actors for probably small things, especially after the game has released. So hopefully that little hint means that we get more content from Baldur's Gate 3, uh, but we will have to wait and see. Um, and then just quickly to talk about, I'm before Starfield came out, I was in the middle of, my, of a second playthrough. Um, my first playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3, I missed like literally the whole mountain pass. Never even visit, never even went there. Never went to it at all. And I missed a bunch of stuff. I had characters die that didn't have to die. So in the second playthrough, everyone's still alive. I am in the mountain pass right now doing the whole crash thing for Lazelle uh, and kind of exploring that romance, which has actually been really interesting. Um, I have also, um, I, I'm doing a paladin playthrough. And so if you don't know how that works, paladins, when you pick their class, they have an oath. And literally decisions you make in the game can be um, can be compatible or against that oath and it affects your game. And I actually kind of enjoy having that little extra, uh, you know, bit of um, stress, I guess, over my head. But the second playthrough has been really good. I'm obviously going to know life Starfield for a while, but I can absolutely see a time when I'm bouncing back between Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield, um, I'm even playing a little bit of Tarkov or Battlefield in there. When The Division has content, I'll check that out. And then, you know, when other games come out, when Forza Motorsport comes out, I'll play that. When Sinua's Saga comes out, I'll check that out. And um, I don't know, I'm just excited to know that I basically have a game to play as long as I want to forever, uh, basically up to me. And, and that's really fun. So uh, Baldur's Gate 3 still continues to impress. I've really hated some of the more like adversarial com uh, comparisons between Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield. I know they share a, a general genre, but man, they are such different games. And Baldur's Gate 3 absolutely does just trounce Starfield in a lot of ways. But there's also some things that Starfield does that Baldur's Gate 3 can't, especially combat, gameplay, things like that. But even, you know, some of the other stuff that's going on. You know, Baldur's Gate 3 is is probably at this point my game of the year. Um, I, I have kind of relented with that. It's taken over Survivor for me. Um, and Starfield is going to be in my top five easily. Probably my second or third favorite game this year. We'll see how it plays out. But Baldur's Gate 3, and it's probably set at this point. There's no games I've seen that I'm going to play coming out the rest of the year that are probably going to challenge this. And so, you know, Baldur's Gate 3 probably my game of the year at this point um, a game I would give like a 9.5 out of 10 it's it's flawed enough that I don't think it should get the perfect 10 but it's pretty darn good and I'm happy to see them doing these patches and hopefully planning to have some uh, big updates in the future quick story here Xbox hires former Sony executive Mina Sato Kato if I mess that up I really apologize my bad um, she will lead the Japanese partnership ops for Xbox and was the vice president of mobile business for Sony. And so there's not a ton to this story. It's no secret that Xbox has been trying to break into the Japanese market for years. Uh, they famously only sold like literally, I think like a few dozen or maybe just a few hundred. I think it was 360s or was it maybe Xbox one uh, in Japan? Uh, apparently, the Series S and X has actually sold fairly well there comparatively, but it still just gets like a 98% share to Sony compared to Xbox there. I'm sure if you throw in the Switch and Nintendo, the numbers are more interesting, but uh, it's probably still just mostly Nintendo and PlayStation. But um, this is a good move, you know, that there are untapped markets. Um, you know, we've seen from recent shows and stuff that Xbox is trying to get into, you know, bring over more you know, uh, of the, um, you know, like the Asian developers and their games and things like that. Uh, and also trying to take their games to there and to try to make the brand more popular. So this is a good move. Sony obviously has people who know what they're doing and snagging one of their former employees. is probably a pretty good way to um, get things moving if, if that's your goal. Uh, so right now we're going to take a very quick ad break. Okay, uh, next story is Sea of Stars release and reception. So Sea of Stars is this uh, kind of a almost from what I've seen, I haven't played it yet, um, but kind of a throwback RPG um, 
like very big throwback. Uh, it has a Metacritic score of 91. Um, everything I've seen about this from the conversations, um, I actually haven't seen a ton of gameplay, but the reviews I've watched or read and checked out are glowing on this game and say it's just fantastic. It's, it is an old school RPG, but it's been modernized that it's very visually stunning and very pretty. I believe it has like a, like a 3D, 2D thing going on. And um, it's on Game Pass, so if you want to check it out, I have it downloaded on my Xbox as soon as I uh, can pry myself away from Starfield and Baldur's Gate and Tarkov. Um, I definitely want to check it out because it's getting too good of reviews um, to not get checked out. Um, it is kind of a shame that it seems like this got drowned out quite a bit in all the Starfield hype, uh, but hopefully people will continue to push it uh, and have people check out Sea of Stars. Uh, there was a little showcase for Nintendo this week for Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, to me, it, it just looks like an, a Mario game. Uh, it's a 2D side-scroller, 3D side-scroller, I guess. Um, and it looks great. It looks really cool. Um, I'm not going to go buy a Switch for it. I'm going to wait until the next one, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I think the world is always better when there's more Super Mario coming out. Uh, the Lenovo Legion Go uh, has uh, previews out in the wild. This is another handheld gaming PC, a, uh, a market that seems to be growing, or at least uh, all the corporations are trying to make it grow. Um, from what I read and from what I checked out, it seems like in a lot of ways it even outspecs the, um, the Asus ROG Ally, which uh, is like two or three times more powerful than the, the Valve Steam Deck. Um, but it sounds like this uh, Lenovo Legion Go like it has a better screen. I think it's a little more powerful. I think the battery's a little better. And uh, it's still the holdback is, and, and you see this in every one of these reviews or previews, is that the Windows 11 just, it's like mobile slash tablet mode just doesn't work very well with these devices. And so you get kind of a clunky operating system experience, and then you get games that play extremely well on these things. So... You know, the, the Steam Deck from Valve is still probably the most like, user-friendly and popular device like this. But at the very least, these studio, these uh, you know, corporations are trying to make this a thing, this handheld gaming thing. I have negative 10 interest in anything like this. I, I just, if I'm out and about, I'm not playing games. So, I um, mean, even in my own house, I, I just, you know, I'm either sitting here at the computer playing my Xbox or my PC or I'm doing other stuff when I'm not here. So I'm glad these things exist for people who want it, but I'm good. Then the last story here is, is a personal uh, content uh, update. Um, I did up uh, pretty conveniently, I think, for the release of Starfield. Um, I upgraded from my 3060 Ti to a 4070 Ti um, graphics card in my PC. Uh, it's been great. Um, obviously the power boost is really nice, but for me, um, for streaming and stuff, uh, the AV1 encoder uh, can be done through the, the 4000 series of GPUs, and hopefully Twitch will allow people to stream to that AV1 encoder soon because it, it uses almost none of your computer to send out a really high quality stream, which means that, you know, if you're someone like me who has a single PC setup when you're trying to stream and play games, it can be a nightmare because streaming, the, the current way of sending the stream out is really um, PC intensive. And that's why you see a, a lot of big streamers have like dual PC setups where one PC just streams and the other one plays games and they connect them. Uh, this upgrade's been great so far. I've been really impressed by it. Um, I need to check out some DLSS games so I can kind of see how that looks, um, especially as th with uh, three coming out the DLSS 3 uh, being a pretty big deal and then some recent uh, previews of 3.5 being like genuinely a big deal for video games so um, yeah cool uh, cool little upgrade there uh, definitely noticed uh, especially when I've rendered videos you can tell it's going a, a quite a bit faster uh, but yeah so that, that's my little side story all right, now we're going to get into listener questions. Uh, if you have any of your own questions, be, to, uh, be sure to let me know in our Discord server. Links are in the description below. Uh, you can also use a Google form questionnaire that I post on Twitter. Uh, you can ask questions in the YouTube comments for previous episodes, or you can hit me up on Twitter at Bondiesel or at The Bonfire. First question comes from Master Prime. Uh, is Starfield becoming another main game on your channel like The Division or Mass Effect? 
um, to a point, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if I cover it even more than I cover the division at this point. Um, and then Mass Effect, with its recent news, with how things are going at BioWare and how Dreadwolf, you know, their Dragon Age game, is probably you know almost a year away. I'm still going to do Mass Effect content, especially around N7 Day or when there are, you know, vague tweets from developers or if any leaks happen. I'll do Mass Effect videos and I'll even do some uh, completely speculative stuff. But that wells run dry a little bit for me. Um, I think that all of the drama around Bioware has made people's appetite a little bit less uh, for for what's going on uh, with, with that. So. Yeah, Starfield will be in the mix. Baldur's Gate 3, I would like to do some more videos on, maybe do like a review on that once I've finished my second playthrough. Um, and then we'll kind of see what comes from there. So yeah, it, it's Starfield will become some kind of staple on this channel. Uh, and then the second question uh, is if I'm enjoying Starfield's more classic RPG approach to a point, yeah. Like there is something nostalgic about a lot of the stuff, you know. Um, I think for people who like Bethesda games and are older and have played them, um, I think Starfield will feel nice. It feels like kind of a throwback, kind of an advancement, but you still wish it was a little bit more, but it's fine. Um, I think for brand new players who this is their first Bethesda game, I, I don't know how much they're going to love it because I think you have to go in with the right expectations for Starfield and... I don't think a lot of people, I think there's going to be a sizable number of people who don't get it. And, and that's fine. Uh, the second question uh, here is from Jernsum. Uh, and they asked if I've read any good books lately. They also asked about my Starfield thoughts. Obviously, I, I already did that. As for books, I'm a heathen. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a nincompoop. <laughs> I don't I don't read. Um, the last book I read was one of the division books from like three or four years ago. So um, I'm just not a reader, it's just not my thing. Um, maybe I should try to get more into it and spend less time playing video games or something. But for now, I'm riding it out. <laughs> but thanks for asking. Uh, if again, if you have any questions for next week or topics that you want me to talk about, or if there's any stories that pop up in the next week, please let me know. Uh, tag me on Twitter, send them to me somehow. I want to hear from you. Uh, this solo podcast uh, almost requires interaction with the community so that I am not completely speaking from my own head the whole time. And so I appreciate anyone who helps me out with that. And that is also where we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for listening uh, and feel free to give me feedback or again, send me questions and things like that. You can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, threads, all of those things. I do stream over at Twitch a couple times a week, ideally. Uh, so please check me out over there and uh, you can chat with me live. Uh, if you want to support my content, check out patreon.com slash bond diesel. That includes my streams and this podcast and my videos. Uh, that upgrade to that GPU was absolutely uh, because of the support I've received. Uh, and, and I really appreciate that. So thank you all very much. Um, that's all I have for this one. So until next time.